Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Lads, me nerves, me nerves, me nerves. Cork taking on Kerry in the Munster Football Championship semi-finals. Gone to extra time. Uh, it's Kerry who are leading by 12 points to 10, approaching half-time. And the first half of extra time, our resident uh, Kerry woman, Katie Jane, is still with us. And uh, Now who's confident? It's, it's only half-time. Look! I'll take everything. I'll take everything I can get in this office. We came in today and she was swanning around the place going, Ash, we're going to hammer you. Yeah, sure, it won't even be a challenge. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And now look at it. Extra time in the Munster Championship semi-final and my nerves are absolutely shot. Do you so see, that's the thing. I'm still calm. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you're a red-hot favourite coming into this. But uh, we're going to have updates uh, from Lauren Gilfoyle coming up across uh, the next couple of minutes. Actually, we're going to go straight to her in just a bit. And uh, we're going to have all the reaction to the game as well to you before 7 o'clock. Going to be joined by Cork legend Dinny Allen as well at some stage during the show uh, to talk about the game and hopefully uh, a Cork win. Uh, they have been well in this and uh, they've been battling very, very well conditions. Have been absolutely atrocious, which I suppose uh, hasn't helped either team. But it is uh, Cork ten points, Kerry twelve points. Uh, just approaching half time. There we'll get Lauren on the line in just a second. Also coming up on the show, we are going to hear from our Cork City Women's, who are into the FBI Cup final after their fantastic result today. They had a 2-0 win this afternoon in the FAI Cup semi-final uh, against Treaty United. Saoirse Noonan scoring uh, both goals for Cork City a day after um, a, a cracking performance from her for the Cork footballers. Um, so it's been quite the, the weekend for Saoirse Noonan. So we're going to hear from her in a bit. We're going to hear from Kira McNamara as well. And we're going to hear from uh, Ronan Collins, uh, the uh, Cork boss as well, to uh, talk to us uh, about that and they and uh, their uh, passage into the final. It's going to preview our uh, Cork City's final game this season against Derry City. We're going to hear from uh, Colm Sullivan in just a little bit. But we are going to go down to Parky Cueve where... Uh, against all odds, Cork really put it up to Kerry. Lauren Gilfall is there for us. Uh, Lauren, uh, what's the situation? The situation is here at the break in extra time. It is Cork that are down by one point. It's 12 points to Cork's 11. Luke Connolly has just converted a free about 35 metres out, I would think, to... Uh, reduce the gap from two to, to just one. Cork haven't got much possession in this extra time. It has really been Kerry's, Kerry's uh, half. Uh, David Clifford scored a majestic point here, I think is the only way to describe it. A point when he, David can score apparently uh, mm-hmm. from the RTE commentators. But yeah, it, it, it's all to go here. There's a number of uh, changes on the Cork side uh, inflicted by fatigue. It's cramps it here. Yeah. Uh, there's players going down uh, one after the other. Ian Maguire has already uh, succumbed to it. Sean Powter is struggling on, um, but I think it really is indicative of the effort put in today by the Cork uh, team in its entirety. Yeah, coming into this game, obviously Lauren Kerry are red-hot favourites um, to, to beat Cork and prog- to progress onto the final was almost a given. Um, this Cork performance has been, it's been dogged, it's, they, they've worked very, very hard and, and Kerry have been surprised by that, I think. I think so, and, I, and to be fair, there, there is no real standout Cork performer. It, it, it seems to be a pretty much a, a balanced performance from one yeah. straight through to 15, and indeed the subs that have come on. Kerry started with a pretty defensive game plan, and it really didn't suit them. Uh, and they, they, 
they, they definitely have changed that coming towards the end of normal time and indeed the uh, ex- extra time and you can see that with, with the changes with Killian Spillane coming in Stephen O'Brien coming in but the conditions here were absolutely horrific and they did seem to favour Cork I'm not sure is that down to this Cork being used to the Cork rain or what it might be um, but as you uh, as you mentioned yeah Cork were, were, were most definitely the underdogs coming into today like Cork had one competitive fixture since the resumption and that was a hammering that they handed out to Loud whereas Kerry had two Division 1 uh, Division 1 league games to prepare so I think it was uh, it wasn't unusual to have Kerry as the uh, the, the favourites for today but Cork have really put it up to them so far and they're just making their way out now to uh, resume for the second period of extra time. I don't think there's any changes, but to be fair, there has been so many that it's hard to keep track of what 15 are actually on the pitch at any one stage. Are Kerry looking a bit fresher than Cork at this stage, do you think? They are. Their subs have really made a huge difference. Stephen O'Brien is, is quite energetic and he, he, he always would be uh, down the wing for Kerry and I suppose he only was introduced with about 60 minutes played. Um, Killian Spillan has made a huge impact. He has two points to his name so far. Um Cork probably don't have the same firepower coming in off the bench um, but I think what Kerry are lacking today is perhaps that kind of doggedness that effort that Cork have and I suppose if they can keep that up for the next 10 minutes it's all to play for Alright Lauren thanks for that we'll come back to you again in just a bit and fingers we'll crossed we'll be talking about a Cork fixture but that's Lauren Guilfoyle there down in Porky Cueve where the second half of extra time is about to get underway and it is uh, Kerry who leads by just a single point. And my nerves are absolutely shot right now at the moment. So it's going to be a long 10 minutes. Fingers crossed Cork can get, uh, get uh, the, 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 the results because this has been a tremendous performance. Um, as Lauren said, a lot of players going down with cramp. A lot of players absolutely exhausted. Um, they've given absolutely everything. Um, in this game so it would be absolutely fantastic for Cork to progress obviously no back door in this football championship so this is going to be a monumental 10 minutes shot Ronald McCarthy there on the RTE uh, broadcast looking very contemplative as he walks uh, back to his position but this is going to be such a huge huge 10 minutes for Cork and fingers crossed we'll be talking about a Cork victory in just a bit. We'll talk to Lauren again a little bit later on in the show. Tipperary, of course, waiting the winners in the Munster final. Earlier on today, Mayo reaching their first Connacht final in five years after James Horn's men beat Ross Common. Won 16 to 13 points at Dr. Hyde Park. Jim O'Connor with the goal from Mayo, who will now face Galway in the provincial decider. In the Leinster Senior Football Championship, Leash edging out Longford by 116 to 114 at Pierce Park. They go through to next Sunday semi final against Dublin at Croke Park. Meath hammering Wicklow 714 to 7 points today in Ockram. Debutant Jordan Morris scoring 3 4 as Meath progress to face either Kildare or Offaly. Uh, they're currently in action as Kildare 5 points, Offaly 3 points. In Ulster, downbeat for Manor 115 to 11 points today in their quarter final at Brewster Park. Down will now face Cavan in the Ulster semi final. In Group 1 of the All Ireland Camogie Championship, uh, Cork beaten by Galway today, 15 points to 12 at Pierce Stadium. In Group 2, Kilkenny running out comfortable winners over Limerick at Nolan Park. They finished 216 to 8 points, while Waterford beat Westmeath by 217 to 10 points today. 
in Mullingar. In football and uh, the Premier League action is continuing. The Champions Liverpool are taking on Manchester City today. That game is at the Etihad Stadium into the second half there and it is uh, Manchester City won. Liverpool won 78 minutes on the clock there. Mohamed Salah with a penalty to put Liverpool ahead. Gabriel Jesus equalising for City. Kevin De Bruyne missing a penalty that was awarded by VAR uh, in that game. Uh, after 42 minutes so remains uh, one apiece uh, as things stand at the moment and we can go to Peter Smith for an update Just a scoring uh, Salah found room for a shot which Edison parried with the Brazilian keeper having to react for a second time to deny Jota from the rebound and then at the other end Cancelo lofted a ball into the box where Jesus had a free header but failed to maximise from six yards it stays City 1 Liverpool 1 Elsewhere today, Jamie Vardy with the winning goal for Leicester, Derek Clark. Full time, Leicester City 1, Wolves now. The Foxes go top of the Premier League table with a hard-fought win here. Jimmy Vardy's 15th minute penalty sealed the victory. He sent Rui Patricio the wrong way after Kilman handled in the area. Vardy missed a second penalty on 39 minutes. This time his effort was saved. Wolves were much improved in the second period. Kilman and Neves came close, but Leicester held on for the three points. It's finished here, Leicester City 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0. Kerry have gone two points clear now to Cork 11 points Kerry 13 12 and a half minutes gone so just about 7 and a half minutes left in extra time so time for Cork to get the two scores that they need to force the penalty shootout but Kerry's defence has been uh, very very um, strong and very dogged and, and it's going to be a bit of a battle now for Cork to get those two points but we can hope elsewhere. Tottenham with a 1-0 win away to West Brom today. Uh, Dave Eason was at the Hawthorns. West Brom nil, Tottenham 1. Harry Kane snatches it at the death, saving a Spurs side that had looked leggy and suffering a Europa League hangover. West Brom had held out so well and looked dangerous in the air themselves with Grant and O'Shea missing free headers. And while Son and Lo Celso have blundered in front of goal, missing clear-cut chances, Spurs found three points through their talisman once again. A flick header over Sam Johnson, his 150th Premier League goal, taking them to the top of the table for the time being at least West Brom nil, Tottenham 1 Jose Mourinho pretty happy uh, with them and he's not really worried uh, he was asked about Leicester and Liverpool overtaking them today the important thing was for us to win to win our three points three matches in the Premier League three victories in, in a row for the first time in the season and by winning um, 12 points away in 12 possible we compensate the points that we drop um, at home Arsenal and Aston Villa is the late kick-off today, Andrew Chiel. Arsenal with Partey and Aubameyang returning could find a missing edge of creativity. Aston Villa may be more concerned about what happens at the other end of the field, having leaked a few goals recently. Defensively, Arsenal look the more robust with just seven goals conceded all season, but watch out for Villa's Jack Grealish, four goals and four assists in this calendar year. Either Arsenal or Villa could go fifth or even possibly fourth in the table with a win at the Emirates. And that's a 7.15 kick-off there elsewhere today in Scotland. Uh, Rangers nine points clear at the top of the Premiership. They beat Hamilton by eight goals to nil at Ibrox. Today, Celtic beat Motherwell by four goals to win their first win in three top-flight games. And uh, manager Neil Lennon says it was just what they needed after their four-one defeat to Sparta Prague. I thought we were really well motivated. I thought um, we looked far more like ourselves, you know. So we know we didn't do ourselves justice on Thursday. And, you know, on a quick turnaround, the players have responded brilliantly in the right way. And it's a fantastic win and performance and it could have been more. 
elsewhere in rugby in Pro 14 uh, in the Pro 14 Leinster continue their perfect start to the new season they beat the Ospreys in Wales 26 points to 7 was how that finished and in golf Shane Laurie two shots behind the leader Dustin Johnson at the Houston Open the Offaly native shot four birdies in his first five holes put himself right in contention on eight under par Podrick Harrington's on even screen McDowell is on one over par uh, five minutes uh, left to play in Parky Cueve it's still Kerry by two it's Cork 11 points Kerry 13 points to get an update from uh, Lauren in just a little bit and uh, fingers crossed we'll be talking about uh, that Cork win but time uh, is uh, certainly ticking here for Cork to get two points uh, to, to force penalties and that would be amazing wouldn't it a penalty shootout in the Munster Championship semi-final between Cork and Kerry but I just about four minutes left to go there we'll check in on Lauren in just a little bit going to start though with football and Cork City are into the Women's FAI Cup final they had a 2-0 win over Treaty United today in Bishopstown thanks to two Saoirse Noonan goals she was trending on Twitter today uh, for her performance and her performance from Cork yesterday of course uh, scoring for the ladies footballers yesterday but uh, Saoirse Noonan finding the net twice today and two good goals from City who were full value for their win uh, they were excellent from start to finish uh, scored twice early on as uh, Luke Connolly has just put the ball over the bar from a free what a free that is from Luke Connolly the Nemo man uh, named to start ended up starting on the bench came off uh, came on in the second half uh, but with a free right from the left touchline about 45 metres out that is a cracking free from Luke Connolly and there's a point in a Cork 12 points Kerry 13 and there's about three and a half minutes left to play there but going to hear from Sir Noon and the match winner today speaking to me after uh, today's win in Bishopstown uh, Sir congratulations that's a great achievement to be back in the cup final yeah for sure um, I think we were there in 2017 and we knew the buzz around the place and how exciting it was so um, the next couple of weeks now will be something to look forward to and something good out of 2020 I suppose A professional performance for me today you got the job done as well Yeah for sure I think we played decent enough football in the first half um, it wasn't up to scratch I suppose and second half we kind of came out with the idea to come out and play good football but in a game like that when it's a scrappy and it's a monster derby you have to just you want the win and that was what it was all about today And your two goals as well talk us through those Yeah I think um, the ball just came in from the corner um, we kind of had a set plan and I knew if I got up I'd get a head in it um, I actually didn't even know if it went in and I thought it connected with her head but <laughs> just happy went in at the end of the day Yeah and that kind of took the sting out of the game then as well you controlled it very well after that Yeah I think um, we kept pushing forward we kept whipping balls into the cross or into the box um, trying to be dangerous so um, yeah I think and we went on to get the second goal we were delighted Your defence as well held up very well in the second half Yeah for sure they were a credit um, there was a strong wind out there and um, it was a scrappy and it started raining and all so all conditions um, but they were phenomenal to be fair Pima now in the final that's going to be a tough ask but important well yeah Pima they're a great side um, they were playing Champions League this week and um, they're out again they're out tonight playing against Wexford so huge for us but um, we're looking forward to it now and cup final days anything can happen Chris has just shown me on Twitter there as you're actually trending on, trending on Twitter nationally uh, <laughs> considering your performances over the last few days it's been an incredible weekend yeah um, I think 2020 I think it's put us all down um, to the lowest points and I think when you get to come out on days like this and play sport that you love two, two, twice in one weekend um, I can't ask for more to be honest You're not exhausted now after playing two such high profile games in the place of 24 hours Yeah a bit tired but ready to go again next weekend that's what it's all about I've had enough time to rest over lockdown so yeah. looking forward to it Yes, Richard Clench, that's obviously about yesterday we were playing with Cork. Like, what time did you get home last night and things? And what were you like this morning? Were you a bit different? And yeah, um, we had to travel ourselves, so it's a bit tough in the body. But um, after the game, I just came straight home. So I wasn't home too late, about 7 o'clock. Um, 
straight feet up then resting for the night um, getting a bit TLC off the parents so that's never too bad <laughs> and in terms of the first goal as well like how bad a knock was it or how are you in for a few minutes after that yeah um, I got a quite a bad lash in my head but um, I knew just once I got back and once the ball was in the back of the net I suppose it takes the pain away and um, we have to keep going I suppose it's a huge game for us um, always against three it's a huge game and yeah just have to put in a shift you'll be fine after the game in terms of weekends where does that rank amongst your, your best weekends yeah it has to be up there one of the best weekends I've had I suppose in sport um, again as I say coming back from so long out and people are just so excited to watch matches these days um, we even have more crowds you can see just people want to come in through the gates and they can't um, so for me it's just phenomenal and so exciting yeah fantastic stuff there from Saoirse Noonan and what a weekend she has had absolutely incredible stuff uh, from her two goals today to bring City into the FAI Cup final a goal for Cork yesterday and a fantastic performance uh, absolutely great and great to see her trending nationally on Twitter as I mentioned there as well back to Parky Quivigo we're into the final minute here Lauren and what's the situation? So we're into the final minute and Cork are very much on the attack they have the ball out at about the middle of the pitch 65 yard line Sean Meehan is on the attack the Cork goalkeeper is unfortunately down, injured on the other end of the pitch. But Sean Meehan is approaching here. They need a point. They need a point. Or they're circling the, the ball right out around the man. Is Conley. The man, he's kicking it. And it's... It's dropping in in the square. It hasn't got the name out of the I'm just watching on the RT player stream here which is about 40 seconds behind so Cork haven't scored the goal yet my god Lauren Cork have scored the goal don't you worry put into like oh my god that's incredible Cork I can't it started with the David Moran kicks a point kicks an an attempt at a point himself and Michal Martin in the opposite end of the page went up to contest it, Michal Martin ended up getting injured as a result of that and spent the rest of the of the play on the ground. So that would have obviously caused questions if, if Kerry had gotten possession of the ball. But Carr kept it, they worked it, and uh, Luke Connolly kicked it. I think he was going for a point, didn't have the legs. Um, but but yeah, Cork pounced. Uh, I, I I hope it wasn't in the square, but I, I don't think it actually matters now, considering the scenes that we're seeing. But this is just incredible. I can't believe Kerry carrier out of the championship at the first hurdle. That is absolutely sensational. I mean, like, nobody gave Cork a chance coming into this. Mark Keane was no, Mark Keane it was who scored the goal. So Mark Keane coming came back from Australia to beat Kerry. And Mark Keane won't Mark Keane won't be going back to Australia hopefully anytime soon, but I'm not exactly sure of the situation there. I'll have to ask Lauren McCarthy the the situation there, but the scenes are absolutely incredible. That's just amazing. Lauren, nobody gave Cork a chance coming into this game. Absolutely no one did. And I think, uh, like considering their league campaign, they had done well. They hadn't really been tested in the lead-up to this particular match and what a, 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 a contest 
place we're going to be. It's the age-old rivalry. Cork haven't beaten Kerry since 2012. It's, it's their first victory over Kerry since 2012. It's absolutely incredible. Cork are now playing Tipperary in two weeks' time, I'm pretty sure. And it's here in Parky Cleave, um, which is absolutely fantastic. And when you think about it, it's a knockout championship. They win that game. They're into an All-Ireland semi-final. It's a different year this year. Could it be? Yeah, it could be the red wave rolls on, <laughs> rolls on, rolls on. This is I'm lost for words here. I'm over the moon. I can barely get my thoughts together. Um, I <laughs> talk us through the game from start to finish, Lauren, because it, it, it was played in dreadful conditions. Um, obviously, defenses, I suppose, were were key because of the conditions. Um, but Cork just dug it out, dug it out, and you just never write off this Cork team. Absolutely. It was a low-scoring game. It was six points to five at half-time. Uh, it was Kerry that actually started probably the brighter. But it, it was as the game progressed, Kerry were, were, were kicking uncharacteristic wide balls. We saw numerous um, examples here throughout the day. Sean O'Shea, uh, David Clifford. Um, scores that they would typically uh, always kick over. But I suppose it, it was the effort of, of the Clark, uh, entire panel, I suppose, at, at, at this point, that saw them through. As, as I mentioned earlier, the, 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 the probably wasn't one standout performer for Cork, but I think Luke Connolly coming in uh, to the game uh, towards the end of normal time and indeed uh, extra time, he, he kicked a, a point early in extra time, uh, or kicked, kicked a wide ball, I should say, and then he did convert, convert that, that, that free just before the break. Um, in extra time, he probably was the standout performer. But yeah, it was tip for tack. I think the teams were level on, on nine occasions, and it did end up, of course, thir- uh, one twelve to thirteen points. So it really was nip and chop throughout. I, th- I think the lead was only ever extended to two points, and it was Terry that were extending that lead, and that is the Clark Tunnel pouring <laughs> off at the media section here, considering there is absolutely no one here to enjoy this this victory. Um, but yeah, what what incredible scenes! Oh, I think it, it must be. Uh, recounted that Keen O'Neill is involved with the Cork side as well. He's the, the past Kerry uh, SNC coach and just before extra time was about to start, he, you could hear him as, again, there's no one else here so it's very obvious to, to hear what they were saying but he just roared in how much he wanted and I think that's probably again indicative of, of the performance. It was all about who wanted it more and it was most definitely Cork that wanted it more today. Absolutely fantastic. Just watching the scenes here on Archie, a lot of the Cork, the Cork players over the moon obviously. A lot of Cork players just limping around the place. Ian Maguire can barely walk, show you how much effort he put in. Um, they left ev- absolutely everything on the pitch. They deserve their moment tonight, Lauren. Absolutely. I, I, I think it was the, 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 the subs that had to come through extra time weren't as a result of maybe poor performances or, or, or that, it was very much that they had just left absolutely everything out there. And I think even seeing Ian Maguire coming off, he didn't want to come off, but I think he knew himself he had to come off. A player maybe at 70% isn't going to be the same as a sub coming in fresh off the bench. Um, but yeah, the, these boys really do deserve kind of the, the celebrations that, that they'll probably have uh, by themselves tonight, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it, it's a long time coming for Cork football to get a big scalp over the age-old rival here. I'm looking down, I think Sean Powder is getting man of the match from what I can see. Um, and I think it, it's, it's worth the mention as well. He was one of those players that tried to step up to get that equaliser in yeah. normal time. No one seemed to want to kick it. He did kick it. It was blocked down, but he re- he gained possession straight away again. And how important that was. He's a real dogged fighter, Sean Powder, and it's his first championship game since July 2017. It's a long time since Sean Powder has played championship football for Cork, and what a day he had today. 
Yeah, absolutely incredible. Just a word on Ronan McCarthy as well, Lauren, because he's gone about his business very quietly, very unassumedly. He's built this Cork team back up, uh, unbeaten, 100% record in Division 3 this year. Uh, went into this Kerry game a bit cold. He only had that game against Louth, as you mentioned, but he's masterminded a fantastic victory for Cork today. He has, absolutely. And as you said, yeah, under the radar, there wasn't huge things being said about today. It was more just a case of Kerry having to come here and go through the motions and uh, progress on to that Munster final. And I suppose, given how far Kerry came last year, it was it probably was expected that they would reach the the business stages again. But yeah, Ronan McCarthy, he made some fantastic calls here today. I think you see Sean O'Shea really had a very limited impact on today's game. And that was down to Sean Powter's uh, marshalling of him throughout the throughout the game. And I suppose as well, the confidence that he put in his debutants. You had Morris Shanley at full back and he was marshalling David Clifford for the entire game. And I suppose David Clifford did kick some fantastic points, um, but he wasn't maybe the, he didn't have the impact that he typically would have in a game like this. And I think that's down to the confidence that he's, 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 he's instilled in these players. And it takes a it takes a good manager to instill that kind of confidence when you're up against such a huge rival as Kerry. Yeah, it certainly does. All right, Lauren, that was exhilarating. Absolutely fantastic stuff. It really was. <laughs> Thanks a million. And come here, I'll let you go down and get some post-match audio and hopefully we'll hear from you again before 7 o'clock. Perfect. Thanks, Rory. That's Lauren Guilfoyle there down in Porky Creek for us, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually this is this is amazing. I'm actually you can hear the smile in my face. I'm over the moon with this. Absolutely over the moon. This fantastic. Well done to every single player on that Cork team. Well done to uh, the entire backroom team. That's fantastic. Nothing is won yet. It's a monster semi-final. But by God, what a victory! A famous victory, indeed, for the Rebels. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. Cork have beaten Kerry. I repeat, Cork have beaten Kerry. All right, still to come on the show, we are going to uh, preview uh, Cork City versus Derry City, as I mentioned in just a little bit. But I'm going to go back uh, to Bishopstown, get more reaction from the uh, the Cork City women's team. Going to go back to Parky Cueve and a bit, get more reaction from there as well. And hopefully going to talk to Denny Allen before 7 o'clock as well but more, more reaction uh, from the Cork City women's team going to hear from uh, their boss Ronan Collins uh, speaking to me after the game First off congratulations uh, a great performance to your side today Yeah no I thought especially first 20-25 minutes I, I thought we were just really sharp and snappy we, took, we brought a really good intensity and I thought we squeezed the life out of them to a certain degree um, but we still had to be sharp at those key moments to bring to bring the goals and I suppose in football that currency so important Cotsier was really alive off those set pieces so it's great to get those two goals and I think from there second half Limerick have really given it a a bash, you know, they've really put us under a lot of pressure. One big thing we've worked on for large parts of the year is defending, you know, getting more clean sheets. It's great to come off the pitch with a clean sheet, even though they had a lot of pressure. It's probably not been shots or chances in around the box because we've probably dealt with it in wide areas. We've dealt with set piece. We've cleared the second phase. But we need to be better then when we clear it that we can hold it in other parts of the pitch. But I suppose in a semi-final, it's about winning it and still being in the half for the final. What can you say about Serge Noonan that's not been already said? Plays for Cork yesterday, fantastic performance, and then player of the match today. Yeah, I thought she was really good. I thought she was really good. I'd need to check it back, but I think she might have won definitely one of the two set pieces as well. Um, I know yesterday it was funny, we were talking to her before the game. She was going through on goal at the end of the game. I thought she was going to finish it bottom left, but um, 
do you know she was really good today first one I thought she attacked it really well but the second goal we, we always um, we always put a lot of concentration on those second phases you know and it might look like uh, you know it's an easy chance that falls but it's all about being sharp in those areas you might have the ability but it's having the ability in your head as well to see the chance um, so I thought she did really well really well you see what it means to the girls as well to be in the cup final yeah yeah the girls have worked really hard for it I know, I know one we always say is we're on a journey do you know so at that journey you're always going to reach different bus stops and I suppose this is one of the stops in that journey for us but we've a lot done I think we've really come on now I think it's shown a lot but we've more to do so we're going to keep that process going and for you personally what's it mean to be in the cup final Ah, the same. It's great, like, but it, as I said, for me as well, it's the journey. Like, if if you keep looking at those moments so much, you might forget all the enjoyment of the journey. And I suppose, especially with lockdown and whatnot, we've we've all been together really close as a group. We spent a lot of time together. We've probably not been around as each other as much as we've trained this year. So it's great to be able to go and enjoy those moments. That kind of add to the achievements, everything that's gone on probably off the field this year, things like that as well. Yeah, but if anything. Um, We've, we've never been around each other as much you know we train four nights a week obviously the game the weekend so it's five days a week uh, we always say the two days we're not together aren't real days you know so um, but to be able to put that work in and start to get a bit of benefit out of it is great but we, we've more to do we, we have to keep working on that process all the time in terms of PMO now in the final you having to play in the league now next weekend as well isn't it so yeah yeah so it'll be interesting will we be shadow boxing each other or whatnot? No, all teams in this league know each other really well um, one good thing I suppose about Piment is us and Piment have played out some terrific games so it'll be great to have a match like that on you know to, to really um, I suppose demonstrate women's football and women's national league two good football inside we'll be hungry for this and I think Piment will know they'll have a game on their hands just funny in terms of the obviously difficult year for the men's but what does it mean now to again potentially win an FAI Cup in December for the women's yeah well I suppose the girls had a flag out there on the pitch when written on it was more than a club and like we're, we're very lucky to be involved with the best football club in the country and you know it's one club and you know this year hopefully we'll be able to fly the flag for, for a while but the men have been brilliant as well over the last few yeah, that's uh, Roland Collins there uh, speaking uh, to uh, myself and to Andrew Horgan after uh, their victory in the FBI Cup semi-final today. That sees them uh, into the final. They'll play, face at Piemont on December the 12th, I think it is. Um, so we'll obviously have a big preview on that, but it's a month away yet. Uh, but fantastic result uh, for Cork City. Congratulations indeed to them. Going to hear from their uh, captain, fantastic, their Colossus at the back here, McNamara. Here, uh, congratulations. That's uh, an amazing achievement to be back in the Cup final three years after you won it. Yeah, it's a fantastic achievement. Look, we've kind of been growing throughout the season, so just to kind of like get to, the, get to talent now is a huge thing. You know, it's just even making progress all the time, and it's brilliant just to see the results kind of coming through now at this stage. Performance wise, that was a professional performance from you today. Yeah, it was. I think we came out in the first half, we kind of dominated a bit second half we kind of let them into the game but in fairness to the girls we all managed it and kept a clean sheet I suppose and came out with the win never really tested your keeper the same thing other day no but there was a few scares or a few moments but sure look that'll happen in a game like semi-final especially with a monster derby like it's bound to happen but as I said I'm absolutely delighted to be back in the final now again so what can you say about Saoirse Newman's played for Cork yesterday scored yesterday a double today she's incredible oh, I, that girl is just unbelievable I swear to God she was due a couple of goals in fairness so I'm delighted for her she was superb yesterday and she was superb again for us today like, she's just she's very class and hopefully now she'll be in the seniors out soon it's almost three years to the day since you won it so it's kind of a uh good memories I suppose yeah the memories coming up on my phone there the last few days and you were just we were talking to the girls and just just thinking about like God we're brilliant to get back there again and I can't wait to make more memories now with the girls hopefully 
Yeah, that's Kieran McNamara there. Congratulations indeed uh, to everyone at Cork City. Uh, fantastic to see City back in the Cup final. Fingers crossed uh, they can win it uh, again after winning it in 2017. It's going to be a fantastic occasion in Tala uh, for the Rebel Army. All right, all squares. How it finished between Man City and Liverpool's Peter Smith. City won, Liverpool won. All the significant action occurred in the first half. Liverpool went ahead thanks to Mo Salah's penalty after Rodri had impeded Marley in the box. An imperious piece of skill by Gabriel Jesus, so City level after half an hour. There was a huge talking point just before the break when referee Craig Pawson judged that Joe Gomez had handled in the area, but Kevin De Bruyne fired the subsequent spot kick wide. The second half was a stalemate. City won, Liverpool won. And Arsenal and Aston Villa's a quarter past seven. Andrew Chiel has team sheets. Well, the team lineups are almost as simple as it gets tonight. Arsenal are unchanged from the 11 that won at Manchester United last time out in the Premier League. So Partey is in midfield. Aubameyang partners Lacazette up front. Gabriel is withholding at centre-back. And, and that's it for Arsenal. Villa make just one change from the side that lost to Southampton. Trezeguet replaces the injured Traore. It's Arsenal against Aston Villa at the Emirates Stadium. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, going to hopefully speak to uh, Cork legend Dean Allen about Cork's fantastic victory. If you haven't heard, Cork have beaten Kerry. Mark Keane with a last gasp goal to put Kerry out uh, in Parky Cueve. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, so we'll be hopefully getting uh, some reaction as well uh, from the Cork camp Lauren Gilfoyle is down in Porky Cueve for us going to preview Cork City and Derry City as well so stay tuned to the Big Red Bench Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you until 7pm this evening. And uh, you can get in touch with us 86 You can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench is the place uh, to get in touch with us. Uh, on a day where Cork have beaten Kerry in the uh, Munster Football Championship semi-final. Last gasp goal from Mark King. Literally the last kick of the game. Wins it for Cork. They are into the Munster final. Uh, joins on the line now, uh, hopefully by former Cork captain, the legend himself, Mr. Dinny Allen. Dinny, how are you, sir? Hi, Rory. How are you doing? Dinny, that was incredible stuff, wasn't it? Oh, my God. I go back to 1976 and we played an extra time and we lost by seven or eight points eventually. But um, I don't like to use the word revenge, but it's a bit like that. It's it's. And again in '83 when Tyke Murphy scored, but um, I I think like at the end of the day, in fairness to the lads, I mean, try, like it, it, it wasn't a, a great match, but Cork had to play a certain way to beat Kerry today. They did that and they stuck with it for the hour, and um, they just they, they deserved it out of sheer heart and concentration. I think, and they got the just awards eventually with that with, with that goal at the end. Nobody outside of Cork gave Cork any chance going into this game. Well, I, 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 I'll tell you straight, I didn't think Cork would win, and I, I, the reason being is that I never, I didn't think that they have as much heart as they had. But, but the main thing was that Cork had been playing in the third division this year, and they were playing against obviously inferior teams than the, the second division and the, the first division. Kerry had been used to playing in those games up at first division and, and the games above you are faster games than you play if you play a third division you play a certain um, 
um, standard and you play a certain speed of the game but the, the higher up you go the faster the games get and I was kind of worried about that the game could be too fast for them today but it, it wasn't and Cork played it Cork had a plan and they stuck by it by, by right through the match now Kerry just kind of played the same as Cork but uh, Cork probably or Kerry probably should have played a different style of game but that's, that's their problem I never mm. worry about the opposition I worry about my <laughs> own teams and uh, Cork had a plan and they stuck with it and uh, and they showed fierce attitude and fierce heart and uh, they got their reward at the end of the day and um, I just really feel happy for them yeah. um, it, it's been a tough time for people in more serious situations like the COVID as we all know but it's given us a great lift down here in, in Cork to, to be carried in a in a complete knockout situation mm, it's and uh, uh, it's good to it's it's good for the memory for the for the next couple of months anyhow it's always good to be Kerry alright uh, Mark Keane's inclusion on the team sheet and the, and amongst the substitutions raised a couple of eyebrows and it was announced during the week but I don't think anyone's raising eyebrows now that was a cracking goal great composure to, to win the game for Cork yeah, I mean, uh, if you go back a few years, uh, th- th- this guy wouldn't have been picked because uh, he wouldn't have been there and uh, he'd be missing and he's playing a different sport and all that sort of thing. We all kind of suffer from that at one stage or another. But um, he was brought in, rightly so. And, and it's like if, if you do a lot of things that you wouldn't do um, sometimes to, to win a match and uh, the, the lads, in fairness, they deserve a lot of credit. The selectors and everything deserve a lot of credit that the they went for him and they said, look, this guy can, could, might be the man that, that would make a difference for us. And um, they picked him and he deserved to be picked, obviously. And um, it worked out for Cork and that's, that's the right way to, 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 to pick your team as well, you know. A couple of Nemo men coming off the bench in the second half as well, Paul Kerrigan uh, coming off uh, and making a, a difference. And I suppose uh, that was the difference in the end. I suppose Cork substitutes really stood up uh, to be counted. Yeah, I think like I, I, I like we just heard there that who the man in the match was, but at the same time, um, you, it would be hard to pick a man of the match because everyone, the fellas that came on and the fellas that came off, they all had done very much work in 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 times they stayed on the pitch and then when they came off, it didn't matter. Like so, everyone contributed to the match today and that's the way the game has gone now like it's, it's there's nothing about one fellow winning a match or that sort of thing it's it's a complete team effort and um, as I say sometimes it can be the match mightn't be exhilarating or anything like that but at the end of the day we all forget about it when, when you win the match and especially when you beat Kerry and you beat him in a in a knockout situation and then put him out completely like and it's happened to us enough so I have no problem saying that like that I get big satisfaction over when we beat Kerry in a, in a knockout <laughs> Can you imagine what it been, would have been like with a full park of Queeves though when that goal went in the last minute imagine what a moment that would have been Yeah you like I, like the matches that we've been watching for the last couple of weeks like in, in whatever sport is in like I, I feel sorry for those be, the, these big games that you're playing like the, like the it makes you look forward to games crowds and atmosphere and where the hair is standing in the back of your neck that sort of thing is, is like at the time you're know, looking at it and you're a bit nervous but it brings out the best in you and maybe brings out the worst in you as well but like that's a loss like to fellas like when they look back later on in years that they had to play under an empty stadium 
but it's better to play under an empty stadium and, and win by a pint or two than lose by a pint or two. So it is it is hard to to play in those very important games without crowds and atmosphere. Um, it's it's a loss, but hopefully we're on the up and up and everything, uh, games-wise, but hopefully in in country-wise and health-wise and everything like that, so... So it's it's good it's good for it's good for Christmas and I know we're playing in two weeks' time but um, it's a it's a big one for Cork it's a big one certainly is yeah and that is Tipperary in the Munster final in Parky Cueve that's going to be another massive game but Cork certainly will have nothing to fear against Tip yeah they won't but like uh, you know like the fear always is that be be very careful where you're going like beat Kerry like. The next day, it's a big game. I know, and and we all listen to this stuff, whether whether it's a tennis match or whether it's a, a golf match or whatever. Like you hear people saying, "Just be careful, don't don't get too over the top." And um, like it would be an awful waste now at this stage to put in a, a real heartfelt effort today, like and um, not come out at the end of the day with a monster final. So. I'd I'd say to the lads like tread, tread warily like take the the credits, but I think they, they, they I think they know that themselves anyway they've they've gone through hard hard days in their lives so but just tread warily and um, if they play with their heart the tactics will follow. Certainly so. Denny, uh, just very finally, just a word on Jim Kremen sadly passing away this week. Uh, Nemo Rangers stalwart, and just judging by the articles, the outpouring on social media, he is going to be very, very sorely missed. Extremely sorely missed, Rory. Um, I just thought after the match today, like, and um, um, Jim was a big part of Nemo Rangers. I know a lot of people would say, "Who, who, who is Jim Kremen?" Like, he was the he was the top man in, in Nemo Rangers in the dressing room with his, his compassionate speeches and um, he really people have asked me over the years what's the secret of Nemo Rangers I, I, I couldn't tell you what the secret of Nemo Rangers was success but I, we all knew that Jim Kremen had a lot to do with his, with his speeches and how to get the best out of fellas he never spoke tactics but he, he, he spoke about teammates and it, remember this for the rest of your life and he gave great heart and it looked today as at one stage in the match, I thought that Jim Kremen had spoken in the dressing room to Cork because of the way they played. And uh, we'll never forget Jim Kremen. And in fairness, Cork have rewarded him today by their result. Denny, thanks very much for talking to us and enjoy the celebrations tonight, I suppose. OK, thanks, Rory. Thanks for that. That's Denny Allen there, Cork legend, uh, speaking to us after uh, Cork's victory. Fantastic victory. I'm still trying to get my breath back following that incredible victory. Um, Mark Keane's last gasp goal. And it doesn't get more last gasp than the last kick of the game in extra time in a Munster Championship semi-final. Came in from Australia. Glad glad he did thanks to Qantas or whoever flew him back oh man brilliant stuff absolutely brilliant stuff uh, from um, the Rebels today let us know your thoughts send us an old text or a whatsapp 0868104106 you can send us a tweet as well at Big Red Bench and uh, we'll get to them in just a little bit and very nice words there as well from Dinny on Jim Kremen there's been a lot of um, Kyle Minches dedicated to him and club stalwart from Nemo Rangers um UCC as well and great to, to hear Denny speak so highly of him and uh, a fantastic victory um, and I'm sure Jim would have been absolutely delighted uh, with 
that today. All right. Um, hopefully going to be hearing from uh, Lauren Gilfoyle uh, in a bit. She's down trying to get uh, audio from the Cork camp. Um, hopefully we get that to you before 7pm. Uh, just going to preview uh, before we uh, finish up. Cork City playing tomorrow their final game of the season against Derry City. A lot of talk about who will be the manager next season. And uh, Colin Healy is the man in the hot seat at the moment. And uh, I got a chance to ask him if he wanted a job full time. As I said, Joe's gone back. Um, he's gone back, as I said, he's suspended for the Derry game. So um, he's gone home. Um, Deshaun, he's gone back, he's injured. So um, QPR wanted him back. So everybody else is fit and everybody else is um, ready to go. What's the feeling like since, I suppose, the, the takeover to Grovemore has been announced uh, last week around the, around the squad and around the club? I mean, around the squad and around the, the coaching staff. Um, I suppose we've been just concentrating on training and you know getting ready for the Derry game. There hasn't been much kind of conversations about that. Probably on the outside, there's probably a lot of talk and um, and from your, yourselves and you know supporters and all that kind of stuff. There's probably a lot of talk about is it a good thing, is it a bad thing? But um, I suppose time will tell. And, and again, Colin, uh, what's the feeling like? I suppose since relegation was confirmed last week. Well, listen, it's um, as I said, tense at the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 difficult. As I said, um, it's not where we should be, but obviously we are. Um, but as I said, my job now is to keep the boys focused and you know go in and put out a good performance against Derry. And I suppose, I suppose with the game, game of last season, it's a kind of fellas playing, I suppose, for their position at the club next season, kind of thing going into Sunday's game. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, I like to think that. You know. Um, no matter what game you're playing, that people are playing for contracts anyway. So you'd be like, you'd be, you'd be looking for, you know, a good attitude. You know, we're looking for a good performance, and um, hopefully, you can go and get a win the last game of the season. For your own sake, Colin, for next year, uh, have you thought about taking the job full time? Is it something that you've been thinking about? Is it something that's no. been discussed, or is it just kind of? I, all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just waiting to see what happens. As I said, this and I haven't spoken to anybody about anything. I'm just waiting to see what happens. Um, if they want me to do the job, um, listen, I sit down and speak with them. But at, at, at the moment, um, I'm just focusing on the Derry game on Sunday, and after that, then we can just take things from there. But you would be interested in taking a full time again? Yeah, I would. Listen, it's 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 um, like a challenge. Um, as I said, you know, I really enjoyed myself. From I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed myself working with the first team. I said I've been with the academy for about two and a half years, and um, working with first team football. Um, I really enjoyed myself. Listen, I've only got probably four or five games. Um, unfortunately, probably it's not a good position that we're in. Um, but if the club came to me and said, "Listen, would you be?" In? I would sit down with him and speak to them. I would just. Right, that was Cork City uh, interim boss Colin Healy ahead of uh, tomorrow night's final game of the season for more honour. We're joined by Mr. Cork City himself, Mr. Colm O'Sullivan. How are you, sir? Hi, Roar. How's it going? Good now. And um, we just heard from Colin there, and he's very, very interested in taking the job full time. Would you be inclined to give it to him? I think I would. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Roar. I think he'd be a good shout, to be honest, certainly in the first division. He's done all right since he came in there. The, the, the results haven't been amazing since Colin came in and took over from Neil Fenn, but he certainly has um, got the team going. He's got the team playing a different style of football and a much more attacking and a much more positive style of football, I think, since he came in and took over from Neil Fenn. I, I, I would give him a shot, certainly in the first division next season, but it all depends on the takeover and the new owners. And if they fancy Colin Healy, they might want their own man. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, just from from what I can gather, uh, Grove Moore have been looking at the books and seeing where things go from there. You'd imagine that the takeover will go through. Um, it, yeah, it all depends. And because City have to start obviously planning for next year, I mean, like I think there's only about about an eight week of an off season before the back in pre season um, for 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 next season. So they have to make decisions quickly. So you'd hope that the takeover can happen. If it's to be Colin Healy, that's great. He can start planning. And if they are in the first division, he wouldn't be a bad choice because he knows the club inside out. Um, he knows all the the, the under nineteen players as well, which are, I imagine that City are going to have to rely a lot on. So I think it'd be the logical choice. Definitely be a logical choice. And you mentioned the key word there, or if they're in the first division. Now, we, we assume they are going to be in the first division because um, obviously relegated on the pitch, they're, they're seven points behind Finn Harps on the table. Declan Carey on the show this last week, the chairman, mentioned due to licensing issues and so on that there's a possibility that Cork City might be in the Premier Division still, depending on the structure of the league and so on. So, I mean, that, that's going to, there's a lot of variables there. That's, that, that's going to, that's going to kind of play on the minds of, of the of the new owners grow more if they do come in if the takeover does go through if they're to if they're to appoint a Premier Division manager or First Division manager what players they're going to sign there's a huge amount of variables there I think Colin would be a great shout in the First Division I, I think he probably would do okay in the Premier Division as well and I think he'd probably be financially backed by the new owners certainly to, to get some new players in um, I, I think I would give him a shot Rory I think he'd be definitely worth a shot I mean he's, he's a Cork guy he's, he's a great background in football he's done well with the academy at Cork City and um, I don't know the players seem to respond to him he, he, he seemed to get a bit of, a bit of fight out yeah. of the players in the couple of games since he took over and uh, he seems like a, a very very kind of strong willed guy yeah, he certainly does. I, I think he'd be a good choice as well. There's other names that we kind of mentioned over the last couple of weeks, the likes of uh, maybe Stuart Ashton from Cove Ramblers and maybe um, Alan Reynolds as well. But I think logically, I think Colin Healy would be a good choice. But on the game tomorrow night, Colin, um, it's going to be a bit of a funeral atmosphere um, uh, tomorrow. I mean, like nothing to play for for Cork City. It's just get the game out of the way and, and get ready for next season. Kind of, I no crowd there as well, which is going to add, I suppose, to the surreal atmosphere of it. But uh, yeah, I suppose. Nothing to play for tomorrow night. Nothing to play for at all for Cork City. Derry, Derry do have a possible relegation playoff issue that may may come into play for them um, if they were to lose tomorrow night to Cork City. And I think if Shelburne and Finn Harps were both to win, then Derry would end up in the relegation playoff spot. Um, so there is something to play for for Derry, but for Cork City, I mean, it, it's been a disaster of a season roar, as we know, on the pitch. Um, results have been terrible, bottom of the table, first time ever the club has been relegated on the pitch. Um, there's nothing to play for tomorrow night. The games have been grim enough, to be honest, in terms of yeah. performances, and certainly it hasn't helped uh, at the cross with no crowds there. Um, we see that in all sports. You see the park today, uh, the Cork and Kerry game, no crowd and so on. Um like it's literally just get it out of the way for City tomorrow you don't even know what kind of team they're going to go with because there's a few players who were on loan got back Deshaun Dawling has gone back to QPR Joseph Alou has gone back to Arsenal he played for the Arsenal reserves the other night so you don't even know what kind of team Colin Heaney is going to go with tomorrow it's just, it's just get it out of the way kind of thing yeah, I think so as well. Um, you'd imagine he's quite, I suppose probably go with a lot of the, the, the youth I suppose tomorrow night to see what they're about for next season I think he will. I mean, Colin would know the, the, the young players better than any guy for, coming from the academy. 
he'd know those guys he might like to give him a run out against Derry tomorrow night and said Derry do have something to play for so it will be a competitive game certainly from Derry's perspective uh, he might he might give a couple of the young lads a run out to just, just see what they're about maybe guys who haven't featured much this season um, and, and just give them an opportunity to play tomorrow night um, obviously you'd love to finish the season with a, with a, with a win with three points and so on but it, it doesn't matter Cork City will finish will finish bottom of the table regardless for unfortunately um, but it would be lovely to beat Derry regardless tomorrow night and uh, just get the results certainly would that's Colm O'Sullivan there speaking to us ahead of tomorrow night's game out with Derry City so just got to come out of that early we're nearly out of time uh, just back to Parky Cueve going to hear from our Cork boss Ronald McCarthy after that epic dramatic last gasp amazing whatever we want to call it uh, victory for Cork over Kerry this is Ronald McCarthy speaking to the Assembly Media it's, it's, it's a great it's a great victory um, I suppose so Cork haven't beaten a, a top a top 8 team never mind a, a top 2 team since I think 2012 so um, look it's brilliant to make the breakthrough and it's um, you know, it's great that the, the players got what they what they deserved and I think the manner of, of the win as well you know that we were behind a number of times and, and got back and, and, and the way we won it as well is, is, is testament to the, to the group there was such hard conditions there today the rain the wind defensively it was tough at times but when you went on an attack you were quite potent and you took your chances fairly well yeah we did at times I suppose if we felt looking at the at the Kerry games that um, you know they, they were putting a lot of people behind the ball and they're looking to I suppose invite your, your up, up the invite teams up the centre and, and looking to strip teams of the ball so we wanted guys to, to be patient and to go wide at times and to stretch their offence and look, you know we didn't score a lot I think about 7 points in the first half but but they were all good scores and, and generally well worked and uh, and I suppose guys stuck to the stuck to the game plan Running for the game, running the game, you got to score to, to level up the game. You were down two points halfway through the second half. What was the mindset? What was the attitude going to the final five minutes? We, I suppose, we felt that the point that we got actually to draw the game in, in the 70 minutes was, was really the way we were going to have to play. And if, if you look at that point, you know, I'd say we kept the ball for 90 seconds before before we actually scored. Um, they had just pulled everyone back inside inside their own in 45 and in that situation you have to be very very patient keep probing and, and wait for the opening to come and, and, and we got there and so even when we were two down you know I, I felt that the fact that that you know had worked and that patience had worked um, you know was going to stand to us and to be fair Luke, Luke Hanley kicked look, a couple of incredible points really to, to, to keep us in it and obviously we got the, the break at the end the Hail Mary shot in the end from Luke then it went, it went in high nobody thought it was going to happen Mark Keane got seven disposals in, in Australian rules football for Conningham this year you know he got four, three or four possessions today he was the man at the end of it to finish off the, the game today yeah, it's funny the way things work, um, you know, but uh, I suppose we had no hesitation in bringing him in. Look, Mark, Mark is a huge, huge interest in Cork football. He's played underage all the way up. Um, even when he's been away, he's been, you know, interested in the team and, and stays in touch with us. And the minute he was back, he wanted to play and um, we brought him in. And it was evident immediately that he was going to be an addition to us. And the way it worked out today is great. How do you close out, how do you close out the social bubble, Stephen? Yeah. How do you close out the social bubble of trying to keep out everybody out, COVID? The pressure outside from Cork fans beating Kerry. Like how big an occasion is this? And now you're facing once to find in Tipperary. Yeah, look, I think we have to get fellas back there. Look, I've just gone to the players there, so I was there coming up to you. And we have to, you know, I suppose look, the pity is we have to get back to get back to down to earth very quickly. Um, you know, with the game coming up in two weeks. But we also have to, you know, I, I think you have to enjoy the, the victories when they come. Particularly victory that nature. Again, Flads, let's be clear about it. A top, top side. Like they're, they're a top side. Um, but um, 
you know, I, look, I, I'm delighted with the victory, I'm delighted with the players, I'm also delighted with the manner of the victory. What about the circumstances of Marquine? Because normally, you know, AFL contracted players don't get an opportunity to come back and play with their clubs or counties. So obviously, something had to have happened there for that to happen. Well, the first thing is the player wants to play, right? I, I, I suppose that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that um, we'd have done our business properly with, um, you know, with Collingwood, and that look, you know, we sought permission from from them to play, and 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 they gave it to us, and we're very grateful for it. Um, but look, ultimately, Mark has a, you know, has a huge interest in Cork football, and and you know, I said someone downstairs there. I, I think the thing about this group here is that that you know everybody who's there. They're 100% committed to car football, and look, that hasn't been the case over the last number, you know, the last four or five years, um, you know. And maybe there were people thought they were, you know, pastures greener, um, you know. And and uh, this group here, car football, the number one priority. Absolutely delighted for Ron McCarthy, top-notch guy, and he's masterminded a top-notch victory. Lads, uh, I could do another hour of this. Uh, this has been one of my favourite Big Red Ben shows of all time. Uh, I'm glad you could uh, join us and, and tune in and listen to us as we celebrate Cork's victory over Kerry today. Nothing won today. It's a monster semi-final, but it's a significant win. It's a fantastic win. It's a deserved win. Cork were brilliant today, and congratulations indeed to the Rebels and everyone associated with them. Um, we're going to have an extended uh, Big Red Bench podcast in in a bit I'm going to play that full um, interview uh, with Ronan McCarthy and we also have Lauren has got a personal one-on-one interview with uh, Ronan as well we're going to stick that on the podcast so that'll be an extended podcast coming up in, uh, in just a bit you can get that on redfm.e or from wherever you get your podcast from uh, we're back next Saturday from 6pm um, Green Red's up next Alan Donovan enjoy the rest of Sunday night folks and up the Rebels The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Right, oh, well, this is uh, Big Red Bench Extra, the extended uh, Big Red Bench podcast after uh, today's victory uh, over Kerry uh, by the Cork footballers. Absolutely incredible stuff. Um, as promised, going to play the full um, Ronan McCarthy uh, group interview. But first, this is Lauren Guilfoyle speaking uh, to Ronan on a one-on-one basis after the game. Ronan, on a normal uh, occasion, beating Kerry in the championship is a fantastic, I suppose, achievement to uh, to overcome. But on this particular year, Kerry are now out of the championship and you're facing into a monster final. Just, I suppose, three games from the All-Ireland final. Can you put it into words how you're feeling right now? I'm just delighted for the group of players, to be honest with you. They, um, you know, I said it there in the, in the media stuff afterwards that, um, you know, they've been to a very dark place there over the last, last couple of years. And... Um, you know, between heavy defeats in the championship, um, you know, relegation obviously to Division Three, um, but I suppose we always felt that there was the quality was in the group. Um, we felt the confidence obviously was was shattered at at, at one point, but but they look they, they they kept coming. They're they're eager for learning. They're eager to improve. Um, you know, obviously we made real incremental steps in the in the in the Super Eight last year. You know, I think that really helped us. Because what it meant is, look, you know, we came away from those games against Tyrone and, and Dublin. Um, obviously, Kerry game here last year. We also played Donegal in round six of the league last year. We were very close in all those matches. Um, so I suppose the message we were trying to get across to the team is we're actually in a better place. We're a stronger group. You were, the, you know, injecting the under twenties as well into you know the All Ireland winning under twenties. We, we felt we were in a great place, and you know, and um, but it was still going to be, you know, a huge, a huge ask. And and look, we could have lost the game as well, you know. Um, but you don't always get what you deserve. But look, we, we got it today. 
In preparation for today's game, you only had that one league match and you ha- happened to hammer it loud in that game. You got the, wa- the walkover then from Longford, whereas Kerry were coming in off the back of two Division 1 matches. Was that a concern for you or how did you counteract that? No, we didn't. Look, uh, you know, look, my issue with the, with the Longford game was that the, just the game should have been played. It wasn't, it wasn't really about the match. It was about the competition, really, was my, was my, was my issue there. Um, but look, look at a team like Tyrone and if you look at Kilkenny over the years, they, they never played. You know they don't play challenge matches. They don't, um, you know, as far as they're concerned, they're A versus B. You know their training sessions. They're they're worth more than than any challenge game or any league game. And I suppose we made sure that the emphasis in training, you know, and comp- competition. And look, I think what you're seeing now is there's huge competition for places in the group. Um, they, you know, like we don't have Colin Manny wasn't available to us today. Um, King Kiley, James Lockery, you know, they'll all be back actually the next day. So. It's 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 going to be it's competition for places, but there's real quality there, and that's the thing. Look, you bring a guy like Luke Conley off the bench today, uh, Michael Hurley, you know, um, Damien Gore, and all our twenty winners as well. We have we've huge quality there, and um, um, so like we weren't interested, like you know, I talk about ambushes and under the radar and all this. It, it was never an issue for there. Like we wanted to come in the front door, and, and look, we we've gone out the front door as well. Speaking of the panel there, it was a pretty much a, a comprehensive team performance today. Is there any, I suppose, standout player or are you just, I suppose, content given the performance from 1 to 15 and even in extension of that? Look, I, I, look if you ask me, I, I, I just thought Sean Meehan was absolutely immense for a, for, a first, for a first senior championship start. I just thought he was absolutely, you know, what you want is, look, in the end of the day, you can win or lose a match, right? But what you actually want is you go out and... and, and you have a go and you give it, you know, and you, you you try to win the game and its merits. I just I just thought he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Chanley at fullback, you know, on a on a top top class player, top class player, um, but brilliant, stood up, um, you know. So all those all those players, um, you know, I I just thought they were magnificent, really, for for, for young fellas, you know. Like some of them aren't even twenty one yet, you know. And to go into a game of that stature and to perform at that level, but as you say, look, it, it was you know the depth in our panel really came through. Um, really came through. I think we used, I don't know, did we use 15, 20, we used twenty three players today. You know, in the game, and uh, we ended up with Kieran Hanlon wasn't on the pitch, Ian McGuire wasn't on the pitch, Sean Potter wasn't on the pitch at the end, and we still got there. I know that you mentioned earlier about Marquine coming back into the, into the group today and I know you, you've, you've spoken about that before so I won't get you to reiterate your, your points um, but what does this mean for the Cork GA public and I suppose given the year that it is I'm seeing tweets um, from different Cork people saying that their, their, their elderly parents are at home bawling their eyes out at, at this victory but what does it mean for the Cork public I suppose this particular victory in, in itself? Well look I think what it means for the Cork footballing public is we've had a lot of suffering for Let's be fair about it. Since um, since maybe 2012, you know, um, look, Cork hadn't Cork hadn't beaten a, a top eight side since since 2012. Um, you know, we've beaten a top two side now, you know, um, and which is, which is great. So, look, I I think Cork, you know, the Cork footballing public, um, you know, it, it's something that they relish and they enjoy. But a bit like you know, the public ourselves, you know, we have to put it to bed very quickly because unfortunately there was there was no trophies handed out. So, um, so look, we, look, people enjoy it, um, you know, and and um, and the lads enjoy it obviously tonight with their families or whatever, you know. But um, you know, it's amazing how quickly you have to put it behind you and move on to the next next job. Thank you very much. Right, that was Lauren speaking to Rona McCarthy there after today's win. She also got a chance to speak to Cork's Michael Hurley. Michael, we're outside Parky Cueve. You're after beating Kerry. It's the first time since 2012. Can you put it into words, just kind of the emotions right now? 
Um, yeah, look, I suppose it's kind of a cliche, but it is very hard to put into words. Um, I suppose delight, um, just absolute happiness for, I suppose, just personally, I suppose, um, but also just for, for the team. Um, I suppose we've been knocking at the door for a few years. I think just to panel ourselves today, I suppose we were maybe the only ones who believed that we could do it. Um, but I suppose to put it into words, just absolute pure delight. Coming into this game, Cork were very much the underdog. I think everyone was looking to, to what Kerry could do. Kerry's first championship game since the beating All Ireland final last year. But you've pretty much came in under the radar. But as you mentioned there, it was just belief. You, you never doubted that you could come come away with, with, without a victory here today. Yeah, look, exactly. You said it yourself. Um, I, I'd say we, as I said, we were probably the only ones who, who did believe it. Um, but the, the beauty of it is, absolutely, no one goes on. No one knows what goes on within the camp. Um, we're the only ones who knows what's going on at training. Uh, we knew ourselves training was going absolutely brilliant. Um, look, we have an absolute top-class management team um, with the addition of Kevin Smith and Keane O'Neill this year. I suppose that uh, has just brought us to the next level uh, compared to last year. And it was a, a huge team performance. I think 23 players actually came onto the pitch here today, but it, it, there wasn't one standout Cork performer. There wasn't one player I was dragging you over the line. It was a, a very solid performance from, from one right through to 23. Yeah, well, look, that's something we said again before the game. Um, a lot of lads just said, look, just, just, leave, your, just leave everything out there. Um, just have a look at the bench we had. Um, I suppose that's just, again, belief in the panel that we do have. Um, as I said, over the last few years, we feel we've built up that panel. I suppose there were a lot of few young fellas. I think there was three or four fellas who made their debut today, but we've also got the experienced fellas like Paul Kerrigan, Mark Collins, Ian McGuire. So I suppose a good blend uh, that's been building over the last few years. There hasn't been too many, I suppose, uh, days like today in Cork football. And we're here outside Parky Cueven. There is beeping horns. There's people screaming and roaring. It, it, it must be nice to kind of finally get to, to enjoy this. Yeah, I suppose, look, absolutely delighted. Um, I suppose the only, the only bit of enjoyment we'll get is, I suppose, go home and um, celebrate with a cup of tea or something. Um, that's, I suppose, the, the only little bit of bitterness is that we can't, I suppose, uh, celebrate as a team. But, um, but look, not. we'll go back into it uh, Tuesday night of training. And uh, look, we, we, we haven't won anything yet. Um, Tipperary, we're under no doubt there. They've given us some absolutely brilliant games the last few years. So, um, as I said, no silverware yet, but delighted with the win. Perfect. Thank you very much and enjoy. No Thanks, Lauren. And we're going to hear now from the rest of the uh, the group uh, interview uh, with Ronald McCarthy that we didn't get time to play f- uh, on the big red bench. Well, I'm up the circumstances of Mark Keane because normally, you know, AFL contracted players don't get an opportunity to come back and play with their clubs or counties. So obviously, something had to have happened there for that to happen. Well, look, the first thing is the player wants to play, right? I, I, I suppose that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that um, we'd have done our business properly with. Um, you know, with Collingwood, and that look, you know, we saw permission from from them to play, and 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 they gave it to us, and we're very grateful for it. Um, but look, ultimately, Mark has a you know has a huge interest in Cork football, and and you know, I said some downstairs there. I, I think the thing about this group here is that that you know everybody who's there, they're one hundred percent committed to Cork football, and look, that hasn't been the case over the last number, you know, the last four to five years, um, you know, and. Maybe there were people thought they were, you know, pastures greener, um, you know, and and uh, this group here, car football the number one priority. On a timeline on? He was back. You see, to be fair to him, look, he was back. I think he's back about six weeks, but obviously he needed to self-isolate when he when he was back. So you're, you're, you're go back about six weeks. He's back, he's back nearly as long as we're back, roughly, but he obviously couldn't train with us the first couple of weeks. You made reference to Luke Hanley there. When did he start? Was he injured? 
No? No. no. You didn't start because he wasn't picked. What's the back doing in your training sessions and your internal games to elevate himself? Look, look. I suppose the, the, the goal at the end even shows, um, and I think it was Tommy Walsh was actually inside under him as well. He just, you know, he caught, he's a great target for for long balls. He's actually, you know, he's good passer of the ball. He actually set up some very important score when we were two down, I think, before the 70th minute. Um, he set up that score, but he's a great target man, um, great physical presence, and look, it just has added to the quality in, and depth in the group. Well, it was a, it was a great team selection overall. Like, had you any reservations about? Reservations, no. Um, you know, and look, I, I actually, I thought Meehan, Meehan was absolutely brilliant at, at, at right half back. I mean, what a, what a debut! In a big match, Shanley, outstanding. Um, look, we got Paul Ring in, Colin McCallan, you know. So it's great that you know, come off the back of their under twenty, that they're coming in and, and they're coming in, you know, and, and winning, winning the big game straight away. But look, in the end of the day. I, I thought there was a lot of talk about us ambushing and you know coming in under the radar. It's not the way we saw it at all. And like if you look at our subs, right? Um, if you look at our subs, you know you have Luke Conley, Michael Hurley, Mark Keane, you know Damien Gore, Carlo Manny wasn't available to us. Um, you know we, we have huge quality now in the group, which has been built up over the last two to three years. And um, so I, I, I felt maybe you know that. We, we didn't feel we needed to ambush. We felt we could, you know, go in and, and go toe to toe. And, you know, on the back of, the, let's say, the, the Super 8 matches last year in the game against Kerry here, and we also played a big game against Donegal in the league last year, that I suppose we felt that we were very close and we were in better shape again. And, and you know, there was no reason why we couldn't, uh, we couldn't get there. All right, that's it for a Big Red Bench. Extra, extra, extra. Uh, what a day. What a day. It's been an incredible day, folks. An absolutely incredible day. And that Marquine goal is going to go down in legend, as we heard Denny Allen say earlier on today. Um, talking about games in 76 and 83 and waiting that long for revenge. You could hear the pride in Denny's voice as he spoke with that. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So, um, yeah, Tipperary in two weeks and fingers crossed we'll be talking about a once final win for this Cork team. All right, that is our Big Red Bench podcast for you today. Thanks very much for listening. We're back next Saturday from 6pm. Valerie, we'll, we'll be back and uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on the Big Red Bench next Sunday. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench. Thanks very much indeed for listening, folks, and uh, chat you soon. Enjoy the celebrations. And as I said at the end of the show, up the rebel.